We're in a series called uh, Noble Character, The Key to True Success. And uh, I think everybody in life wants to be a success. Uh, But what does success mean to you? And we talked about that the first week that we were out of the gate. What does success look like? And we just kind of gave some general principles. But basically, when we look at success, we're not wanting to look at what success is from the world's eyes or how the world would define success. We want to go to what the Bible has to say about that. Uh, And because we believe what the Bible has to say is not only true, but we believe it's the best. And it has not only lasting value here on earth, but it will have an eternal value. And... uh, And we believe uh, that God wants us to be successful. And kind of our launching uh, pad, our verse, uh, our theme verse that we've been following, it comes from Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. And it says there, it's in your notes, uh, choose a good reputation or a name over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver and gold. The man who wrote this was considered the wisest man in the world at the time. Still to this day, his name was Solomon. And back at his time, this guy was the Bill Gates of his time. He was not only the wisest man okay, of his time, but he was also the wealthiest man of his time. And he says, listen, if you ever want to make a choice in life, if it comes down to, to gold and silver and great wealth... Or a, or a good name or a reputation, if you have a choice between the two, choose a reputation, choose a good name. And the question is, how do you and I get to that place where we can have a good name and a good rep- reputation? Uh, we were learning, and we've been hearing for the last couple of weeks, in Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it's not there in your notes, but it says that, Jesus ourself, the one that we model our life after, Jesus uh, was a man, okay, who grew in favor with God and man. And, and God's favor was upon him. People liked him. God liked him as well. And, and we're looking at what gives us a good name? What, what gives us a good reputation? And we've been looking at what is called noble character. Uh, every one of us here in this room has character. Trust me. The question is, is our character noble or is it worldly? Is it, is it fleshly? And God would have you and I to have noble character. And so we've been looking at a couple of subjects. Uh, we started out of the gate, the foundation, which I believe is, is called truth. And, uh, and then Pastor Rob shared a week uh, on faithfulness. And then last week we talked about the character of integrity. Uh, and a really interesting, uh, probably out of the sermons that I've preached in the 14 years I've been here, I saw more hands raised up at the end of the sermon and, and said, I need to repent because I'm lacking in the area of integrity. I had a person approach me after the, after the service and said, and, and, and I kind of felt the same way uh, prior to preaching the message and said, you know what, I really felt I was really kind of doing really well in the area of integrity. But the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me about being a person of an integrity. And I was searching my heart. I was looking at it. But he says, but after you were preaching on it and when it was explained this way, I was busted. And, uh, and I said, you know what? 
Me too. I said, I, I thought I was doing really well in the area of integrity, but there's been some areas that I was blind to. I didn't really realize that I needed to repent over. So uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear the message last week, uh, I want to give you an invitation to go ahead and listen there online. It's free and uh, let God speak to your heart. But today we're going to look at the character, the noble characteristic called humility or meekness. Humility and meekness, okay? I want to take you, and each week I've been kind of just getting some thoughts on, on well-known people and some of their thoughts on these certain characteristics. And so I want to go ahead and invite you. You can go ahead and look here on the screen of some thoughts on meekness and character. Humility, number one, is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. C.S. Lewis, he is the man. I love it. Okay, that's good, isn't it? Uh, St. Augustine, great man of God, back in the third century said this, Do you wish to rise? Begin by descending. You plan a tower that will pierce the clouds? Lay first the foundation of humility. I like it. You want to be a leader? You want to be a boss? You want to be a pastor? That's a great one. Okay, Confucius say, humility is the solid foundation of all virtues. Simon Sinek, he says, great leaders don't need to act tough. Their confidence and humility serve to underscore their toughness. John Maxwell, have the humility to learn from those around you. Okay, this other guy's name, I can't really pronounce it, the first one, so I'm just going to go ahead and read the quote. He says, we come nearest to the great when we are great in humility. You'll see that here in a little while. Richard Daly, mayor of the great city of Chicago, said this, power is dangerous unless you have humility. Okay, and then the man. I, I, by the way, I am seriously praying for this guy. I, I wish I would love to, to show you of a video. He is still training to get back into the NFL. I pray he makes a comeback. Tim Tebow says this, So much of how we are and what we do is based on humility or pride. That's everything. We are more like Christ when we can humble ourselves. Wow, that's who we want to be like is Christ. Amen? Then Andrew Murray. Great, great author, great speaker, great man of God said this, Pride must die in you, or nothing of heaven can live in you. Ooh, is that good? John Ruskin, he says, I believe that the first test of a great man is his humility. I don't mean by humility doubt of his power, but really, great men have a curious feeling that the greatness is not of them, but through them. Did you catch that? It's not that it's, the greatness is not in them, but it's through them. And they see something divine in every other man and are endlessly, foolishly, incredibly merciful. And then Oscar Levant said this, What the world needs is more geniuses with humility. There are so few of us left. (laughs) 
And then one man we all know. I baptize you with water. But one more powerful than I will come. The thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. It's really interesting how Jesus describes John the Baptist's life. Describes him as the greatest prophet. Describes him as the greatest. He's a man uh, that, uh, uh, in some of his statements, absolutely blow me away. But this was a man who recognized who he was and he recognized who Christ was. And Jesus was able to say to the people, there's no one that was greater than John. So this morning, we're looking at this passage of Scripture I want to take you to. In fact, there's going to be a number of Scriptures. Some of them I may not mention, but they're in your notes. I really want to encourage you. It's a, it's a half page. Please stick it in your Bible. I really want to encourage you this week uh, to go through this study, to go through what you're hearing here this morning, and really to pray it into your life. Because when you see, when we look at the questions and what God wants to do in our lives, this is a virtue, uh, a, a noble characteristic that all of us want, okay? You'll want this. Colossians 3.12 says this, God has chosen you. Say amen. And you are holy and loved by Him. Therefore, or because of this, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, and meekness. Put on, okay, this is, these are clothes that God is calling you and I to put on. Humility and meekness. We're going to go ahead and look at these here this morning. Speaking of clothes, uh, I, I still have, uh, uh, through the years, Dad has been called uh, from my kids uh, really behind when it comes to fashion and to style and dressing, okay? I'm constantly being corrected. Dad, you are really out of style. And I, I said, okay, you know, help me out, okay? Uh, and, I, I, you know, the fashion police, okay, at my house. And, and, and for those that are here that are fashion conscious, you know, and you're, you're, you want to keep up with what is in style, whatever, I want to just kind of take you to something that's always in style and it's always up to date. And in fact, it's, it's something in God's eyes that he wants us to be wearing and it's called humility and, weak, and meekness. And I would say this, uh, that this is something in God's eyes, okay, that is really attractive to him. I think all of us here know in this room that we're not perfect people. We're, we're, we're people that have issues, that have problems, that, 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 that struggle. Yet in the midst of this, one of the things I'm absolutely convinced that God is drawn to is this characteristics when his children are displaying meekness and humility, not only before him, but before others. Now, I want you to look here on your notes. You can write this down. What is meekness and what is humility? I want you to look here. I was, these are, this is a definition that comes from the Greek. Humility means low. It's a modest opinion of oneself. It's a deep sense of one's moral littleness or lowliness of mind. Okay? So this is what we're, we're, what, we're, what we're going after. Meekness, on the other hand, they're very close together. Means to be lowly, 
mild, gentle, but here it is. Okay, get this down. It's exercising strength under control. It's demonstrating power without undue harshness. Okay, meekness, okay, as I've heard said many times, is not weakness. But it's, it, it's understanding and recognizing, yes, I have authority. Yes, I do have strength. Yes, I do have power. But I use that in a right way. Rather than destroy people with that authority and that power, I use it to bless and help people. Okay? So weakness, okay, it's not weakness, but it's strength under control. John Meacham, in his book, Thomas Jefferson, The Art of Power, said this. He said, Jefferson was the rare leader who stood out from the crowd without intimidating it. And this is something that that God is attracted to. And I want to just kind of take you through some areas. There there are some areas that, that I really believe that the Lord really wants to develop in our lives. First of all, I want to just talk to you about about meekness and humility, the benefits. What's the upside to to walking in this area of our life? Let me take you through a couple of scriptures here. We're going to go through these quickly. I'm not going to I'm not going to go ahead and preach on any of these. I just want you to see them. Psalm 25:9. It says, "He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way." If you're here today and you need guidance, Walk in humility. So as he guides, okay, there's a benefit. Psalm 37, 11. It says, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity, okay? The meek, that's something that's going to be happening future tense, okay? But he says in the present tense, so he says, if we're walking in meekness, they'll enjoy peace and prosperity. Anybody candidates for peace and prosperity? Say Amen. Okay, Psalm 147, verse 6, it says, The Lord sustains the humble. God will keep you going, even in the midst of the toughest and roughest and darkest moments of your life. God will sustain you and keep you going. Okay, Psalm, uh, not Psalm, uh, Psalm 149, verse 4 says, For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. Have you been, been losing a lot of battles? Humble yourself before the Lord, okay? So if you're looking to win, humble yourself. Proverbs 11:2. when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Upside of walking in meekness and humility is God gives you a portion of his wisdom, okay? Proverbs 22, 4 says this, the payoff for meekness and fear of God is plenty and honor and a satisfying life. Man, I'm not hearing any amens here very much here this morning. I think these are all good. God's word. A satisfying life. Meekness and the fear of the Lord. And here's a great one. This was a guy that was walking in humility. When you see his life. In fact, we're going to be preaching on, on this this. Uh, this book coming up in the month of August on the book of Daniel. We're going to do a short series on it. And uh, it says here in Daniel 10, verse 12, it says, Since, okay, this is an angel speaking to him. Since you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. 
Okay, Daniel, no question about it, was a very humble man of God in the most difficult of circumstances he found himself in. So here we see some seven things right here, upside to the benefit of walking in meekness and humility. But let's look at the second part here this, this morning is a person of humility and meekness is. And there's five things. And I want you to write now, now we're going to take a look And I want you to see, uh, we're going to do a a humility checkup here this morning. We're going to see how we're doing here in these areas. What does it look like? And uh, give yourself a grade, okay, uh, uh, from an A, B, C, D, or an F here this morning. If you find yourself failing here, I I want you to give yourself a grade after each one. Okay, number one, a person of humility and meekness is willing to admit failure and need for help. Okay. This is absolutely huge when it comes to relationships, not only with God, but when it comes to relationships with one another, with our, with our spouses, with our, with our children, with our parents is, is we come to this place where we're willing to admit, yes, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I can't tell you how many times when I've been in counseling sessions and I've been with a husband and wife and I've seen it come from both one. He never says he's ever sorry when he's done something or she never says she's ever sorry. And, 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 and I want to tell you what happens when a person never says or rarely ever says, hey, I'm wrong. I was sorry. I want to tell you something. You put yourself in the loss column when it comes to respect. If you want, if you, hey, listen, young ones, if you want your, your, uh, your parents to have a, a respect, and, I mean, yeah, your, your mom and dad, they love you, but I'm talking about a respect. Yeah, I'm wrong. I'm really sorry about this. Or as a parent with your kids, okay? Yes, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. Dad blew it. Absolutely huge, okay? A person who, uh, who's, who's, who's meek and humble is willing to admit their mistakes. And number two, not only are they willing to admit their mistakes, but they're willing to ask for help. Okay? This is the classic one who, uh, who you know, who is lost and, and needs direction and has to figure things out, okay? And, uh, and, 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 and keeps on driving around and keeps on driving around. Now, I, I have to admit to you, I am so totally opposite that way. I'm the person that doesn't have a lot of patience. I want to get from point A to point B as fast as possible. I'm not the classic guy that, you know, that smells the roses along the way. I want to get to my destination and to waste a lot of trying, trying to figure out where am I, okay? It, 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 it's no problem to me to pull over to the side of the road, to the gas station. Hey, where is so-and-so at, okay? What does that mean to me? I'm there, quick, okay? There's nothing inside of me that says, you know, I got to go ahead and figure this out, you see, I can do this. I'm not going to ask for help. What does it cost in you? What does it cost in you to keep up that facade that I have it all together, that I, that I don't need to go to other people. I don't need to go to brothers and sisters. I'm going to go ahead and try to walk out my Christian walk in my own strength, okay? This is why we have fellowship. This is why we connect together with relationship. It takes a strong person to admit need, okay, and to admit, you know what, I really don't have it all together. 
And by the way, this is your pastor. I don't, I don't have it all together. I need God's help. I need God's grace. Number two, they're open to instruction. This is good. This is going to be really, really good for some of you are in here. Some of us are getting into fights that are so unnecessary. And this is one of the reasons why, because people want to give us advice and we're not willing to hear it or listen to it. And because of that, uh, pride comes in, arguments come in, and, and people are at one another's throats. But I want you to write this here down. Be willing to hear advice, okay? This means being willing to hear advice from younger or even less experienced people without being offended. Let's face it, we all give advice in here. I mean, we're all quick to go ahead. We see something that's off, that's wrong. We want to go ahead and give advice. But the question is, how willing are we willing to receive advice or correction from other people? And, uh, and I, I, I've got something for you. This is a key. If you don't want to get into arguments, you want to stay at peace, okay? And someone that is less experienced, they're younger or whatever, okay? You don't have to, here it is, you don't have to agree with them. Number one, you do have to listen to them with, with eyes open, with, with, with something on the inside that, that perhaps, okay, Perhaps what they are saying might be the truth, irregardless of their age, irregardless of their experience, God may be speaking through them. Okay? Now, there will be plenty of situations that there will be people that are more than willing to give us advice, and what they're giving to us is really off. It doesn't apply to us. It's really not going to happen. And, and, and on the inside, here's what happens. We, we kind of put our guard up at, at, at walls begin, and we begin to argue. Here's what you do. This is, say, you know, thank you for thinking about me. Uh, I really appreciate that. Guess, now, guess what? Now, just because you made that statement doesn't mean that you've got to go ahead and do what they say. But if you're willing to go ahead and say, hey, thank you so much. I, I really uh, thank you that you've been thinking about me, okay? Or if it's something that's really kind of wacky or really off, here's another statement. Boy, that's interesting, okay? And, and, and I want to tell you something. When, when you're in a position that, that God uh, can speak through literally children or, or through a donkey, that God can speak through anybody. I mean, my dad, my, my, I mean, in my spiritual journey and walk with God, there was people that was telling me, hey, hey, Mike, don't do this. This was coming. Don't move. Don't move to California. I'm in Michigan. Don't go. It was from a very wise and godly man. And, but then here's another guy, uh, my, my father, who did not know Christ at this time in his life. I'm brand new in the Lord. And he said, he said Mike, there's just something inside of me that's just kind of telling you. He says, I know you're responsible. Uh, he says, and I know that God's done something. Wrong. He says, but there's just something inside of me. I don't think you're supposed to go. And, uh, and, and I poo-pooed his advice. And I said, nah, you know. Uh, and, I, and I didn't even consider even praying about it. It cost me. I was humbled. Uh, a couple months later, Dad, uh, I'm out of money. I need a bus ticket back home. So anyway, so you're open to instruction. I love what Jackson Brown said, the singer. He says, every person that you meet knows something. You don't. So learn from them. Number three, you're secure in your own skin. 
you're secure in your own skin. I want you to write down a couple of things. A person that is secure in their own skin, okay, is a humble person. They don't need to write down on this. They don't need to control because of their strength or their position. They may be the head of the home. They may be the mom or the dad. But because they have this position, they're still, they're, they're, they don't need to be control of everything. Number two, they don't put people down. Sometimes, it, 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 and not wanting, don't need to have control. And, and, and a lot of times people that are insecure will put other people down to feel better about themselves. But secure people. That, that are under control, comfortable in their own skin, don't need to put other people down. Number three, they're submissive. The Bible says submit to one another. Not only wives to submit to husbands, but the Bible says we're to submit to one another. I'll be frank with you. You know, as the pastor of the church, I don't know everything, okay? There's, there's people that know things and do things better than I do. Guess what I do? I get out of the way. I defer to them, okay? I'm okay with that, okay? Here they are. They're, they're comfortable. They're not threatened by others' strengths or gifts, okay? Very comfortable with others' strengths or gifts. I remember hearing the story of a pastor uh, uh, who really guarded his pulpits, okay? Was extremely insecure uh, when it came to other staff preaching uh, in his pulpit. And, uh, uh, and, and, and for me personally, I mean, I love to hear the guys uh, that, that, that are here on staff, that are, that are here preaching here on Sunday mornings and, and through the week. I've, I've, it has been a joy of mine to watch some of the guys that have been here and to watch them grow as, they've, as they sought guys and, and sought God and, and begin to grow in a gift that God has de- deposited in their life, but they're very comfortable with that. They're not threatened by others' abilities and gifts. I mean, if they do better than I, I'm saying amen on Sunday morning. So it, it, it is good. I love what John Maxwell, leader, said this. He says, the company owner doesn't need to win. The best idea does. So they're secure in their own skin. Number four, they're quick to give credit to God and others. Quick to give credit to God and others. David said in Psalm 44, 8, And God, we make our boast all day long. We will praise your name forever. Something about a God's son or daughter. I mean, we love bragging on the goodness and the mercy and the exploits of God and who he is and what he's done for us. So we're quick to give credit to God and to others. And good leaders... And for those who are aspiring to leadership, for those who are, are, are aspiring to be bosses and, and to run your own business, okay, and want to have a successful company. By the way, all of these things, I would say, not only applies to you, but, as, but applies especially to those who have it inside their heart, want to be a leader, uh, want to be a pastor someday, okay? Be quick to give God all the credit and give credit to others. Good leaders will be quick to, to give credit and praise and honor and thanks to those who are working with them or under them. And number five, a servant to all. A servant to all, a person filled with meekness, humility, 
is a servant to all. God's called us all to be a servant to all. They're a servant to all regardless of the position they hold or the power they have due to the intellect that they may possess, the wealth that they may have in their bank account, the strength there in their body or their past achievements. They use all of those things to serve people. And the greatest, okay, the greatest person that demonstrated was Jesus himself. A discussion arose amongst the leaders, the twelve. Uh, which one was the greatest? Who's going to be the top dog? Who is the man? Who is, who's going to be the, the most important one? And Jesus comes here in Mark ten forty three, and he says, But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Here was God, the greatest of all. God becoming flesh, becoming a man, stepping down from the throne of heaven, humbling himself, walking here on dirt and serving people. He demonstrated, he says, I didn't come to be, to be, to be honored and praised. He says, I came to give my life as a ransom for, for many to serve. I believe this. Trust me, for those who are struggling here in your relationships with one another, whether it's a son and a brother or whatever, a sibling rivalry that's going on, parents, okay, to kids, kids to parents, husband and wife. I, I believe if this is something that we prayed about every day. I believe it's one of the main reasons why there's such a struggle in relationships. It's because of selfishness. Selfishness, the opposite of servanthood. How can I serve my husband better? How can I serve my wife better? How can I serve my kids better? How can I, I mean, dads, this is us. I mean, for the, the dads here, I mean, God wants us to demonstrate in our homes servanthoods to our kids, okay? We don't have our kids doing it all. We join ahead right there with them in the kitchen when they're going ahead to put the dishes away and, and, and doing some, sometimes it's, we just get in there, roll up our sleeves and join right in there with them. Moms, wives, man, how can I love my husband? How can I serve him better? How can I serve my kids better? Uh, sons and daughters, how can I serve my brother that gets on my nerves, my sister that gets on my nerves. How can I have, I, have you ever considered serving your brother or sister? Have you ever considered maybe even serving your parents? What can I do to help the load, to lighten the load for my mom who goes to work and comes home from work, cooks a meal and, and, and tries to keep the house? What could I do? Be a servant. Don't even, don't even think, uh, don't, I, I'm not looking to be told what to do. What can I do to help? I love this. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this, a great man is always willing to be humble. A great man is always willing to be humble. So the question is, I want you to go ahead. Did you give yourself any marks here this morning? A, B, C, D, or F? How did you do? I want you to go through that here this morning. We're going to be praying about that here in a moment. Now the question is, you say, well, you know, I got a lot of C's. I got an F on this one. 
whatever. Uh, I maybe did really well in this one, but I, I really did well, not so well in the other ones. How can I develop the noble character of humility? Three things. There's two in your notes. One came to me at about 8.30 here, okay? So I gave it to, uh, this was 8.30 in between the buildings as I was, I had to stop at the restroom, okay? A lot of things happened in the restroom for me. God gives me some thoughts, whatever. So anyways, here it is. How can I, how can you and I get this, get this thing called humility and meekness? How can it become a a character? And by the way, once we say, you know what, I'm really doing well in this area, we just lost it, didn't we? So, you know, this is something that we're just saying, Lord, I, I don't need to hear what other people are saying. God, I, I want to hear what you're saying about me, Lord. Am, am I a person of pride? Am I a person, Lord God, that's walking in arrogance? If so, Lord, show me. Because, Lord, what I really need to hear from you is, son, uh, uh, daughter, uh, man, I, I love you, and 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 and, I, and and I'm doing this work in you. Here it is. Number one, be connected, and this is something very simple. But I, I want you to see this. Some new people really are going to catch this for the first time. Be connected relationally to Jesus Christ. There's a big difference between relationship and religion. For 19 years, I was connected to Jesus Christ from a religious standpoint. Went to church each Sunday. I prayed, okay? I talked to God, asked God for things, okay? Believed in Him sincerely. Believed in the cross. Believed that He died on the cross for His sins. Believed that He rose again, okay? I had this form of of belief, okay, but yet inside of me there was something, okay, was not right. I was not in a right relationship with the Lord. Religious, and I had the rituals down, okay? And many of you know my background. I came from a Catholic background, not putting down Catholics or anything, but I had the routines down, had the prayers down, but I wasn't connected in relationship to Jesus Christ. We're talking about relationship. We're talking about intimacy. We're talking about friendship. We're talking about spending time with the Lord. Jesus said this in Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That word gentle can be translated meekness as well. For I am meek, okay, I'm humble in heart. He says, if you will take my yoke upon me and learn from me, he says, and this is what he says, I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. He says, you'll find rest for your souls. By the way, for those who are on the inside who don't have rest, who don't have peace, it's an indication that you're not connected relationally maybe to Jesus Christ or you haven't learned to take on the yoke of what Jesus is talking about here this morning. I want you to see here on the screen, Jesus uses the imagery of the yoke of oxen right here. He, he remembers here back at this time, this is how people farm their land, okay? There in the middle right there is a yoke, okay? Uh, two oxen. And, uh, and those two uh, together were able to go ahead and help farm the land, do some pretty awesome things. And I looked here, and I was looking in the book called Character Matters by Mark Rutland. And uh, he, I want to read to you a paragraph about this verse. Jesus is using this imagery 
to describe our relationship with him. He wants us to be connected, okay, relationally. He says this, we must settle ourselves into the double yoke with Jesus on one side and us on the other. The ox yoke thus securely around our necks, we learn his meekness. Remember, he says, I'm meek, I'm gentle, I'm humble in heart. He says, when he turns left, we turn left. When he turns right, we turn right. We learn to walk at his pace, to move when he moves, and to stand still when he stops. When he pauses, we wait patiently. We fit ourselves to him. We learn of him. Therefore, we learn about him. The longer we walk with him, the more we walk like him. There was no one more humble than Jesus. The longer we talk with him, the more we talk like him. Like two old married people, we grow to look more alike. Amen, Mark Rutland. Jesus is calling us to be relationally connected to him. And I know most of you here in this room are, are, are deeply connected in relationship to Jesus. And, and when the Spirit of God uh, uh, provokes you and he says, this way or this way, you respond to that. Not all the time, and, and we miss that, and we have to repent for that sometimes. But, but he's talking to some people, and you're, you have maybe a Sunday relationship, or maybe you have an Easter relationship, or a Christmas relationship, and God is looking for a relationship. Something that's real, something that's, that's every day, something that, that's often where we check in and we spend time with Him. So what does that connection look like? I would, write, I would encourage you to do this. Write this down. Study the character of of Christ. That means read your Bible. <laughs> what did Jesus treat people like? It's one of the reasons why I, I, read, I, I read almost the Gospels. I, I wish I, I have almost every single day for years read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm, pattern, I'm just trying to become more like Jesus. How did Jesus treat people? Okay, Jesus knew how to treat people right, okay? And, and by the way, there was times that Jesus got angry. Okay, he got fed up with people, even with his leaders. He got mad at times, whatever, but he never sinned through it. So I would encourage you to to develop a relationship with Jesus. Number two, here's one. Here's one. I the American church is is found wanting. Give yourself to fasting and to prayer. Fasting and prayer. What is fasting? That's going without. Going without mainly, and when you were thinking of a fast there in the Bible, that was, that was to go without foods or to go without certain foods. I want to take you to a couple scriptures right here. We're looking to develop humility in our lives. Ezra, the priest, said this, I proclaimed a fast. Why? so that we might humble ourselves before our God. They were in a very trying moment, very difficult times. And they said, you know what? He told the people, we're going to fast. We're not going to eat. So we're going to push away from the plate. We're going to go ahead and spend, instead of spending time preparing the, the meal and eating together here as a family, we're going to get together as a family as well as individuals. And we're just going to go ahead and spend that time and get before God and seek his face. 
Okay, we're not going to eat. Psalms 35, 13, he says, I put on sackcloth and humbled myself with fasting. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time maybe you pushed away the plates and you just decided to go ahead and, you know what, I'm going to spend some time. You know what, I'm hungry. I'm, I, I, I like to eat what I'm, but I just want to just spend some extra time with Jesus today. I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and miss lunch or I'm going to miss breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In fact, maybe I'm going to take the next couple of days. I just really want to go ahead and seek the Lord. And uh, by the way, a good Jew who was a God seeker, I mean, back in the time of Jesus, they had two days of fasting twice a week. They pushed away the plate, spent that extra time and say, God, I need you, Lord. Lord, I can't do this without you. Prayer and fasting. Lincoln said this, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming, by the over that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that all about me seemed is insufficient for that day. He said, because of that day, he says, what drove me to my knees was those times where I just did not know what to do. And here in this room, we all, all of that, all of us have those days. God, what do I do? And it drives us to our knees and we say, Lord, I need your help. And I would say with that, that, that there are times where we're saying, Lord, I am in a desperate situation. God, I am pushing away the plate. Lord, I need to hear from you. The Bible says that he gives direction to those who humble themselves. How can we humble ourselves? Okay, before the Lord, through prayer and fasting. I want you to see here on the screen. I want you to write this down. A prayerless life is a prideful life. So the question is, when I have those days, what do I do when I'm going through those days? Do I whine? Do I cry? Or do I go ahead and do I begin to seek the face of God? And by the way, a prayerful life is a powerful life. Because it's through prayer that we demonstrate probably one of the greatest things that we can demonstrate before God. When we pray, we are saying to God, Lord, you have it together and I don't. God, you are the one that supplies and has everything that I need. And Lord, I know that you can do this. It is a, it is a life of prayer that produces power and grace in our lives. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So the question I have to ask us today is, uh, how am I doing? Am I willing to admit to, these are some, the, here's what I want you to do. Here's your assignment this week. Okay, this is assignments, okay? And, and I want to encourage you. And I want you to go to someone that you trust. I haven't done this. I don't think I've ever done this before. But I want you to go to someone you trust. This may be your spouse, maybe your parents. Maybe your closest friend, but ask this question. Ask those close, closer to you. If, if, do you see me willing to admit failure and need for help? And if you find yourself in that position, I want you to go ahead here, look here today. If you find yourself in that position, like, man, I, I have a really hard time admitting when I'm wrong and, and I'm blowing it. Ask yourself this question. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, why do I have a hard time doing that? Let him go ahead and show you, and he'll show you what to do. 
Or are you open to instruction? If you find yourself that you're not open to constructive criticism and advice, ask yourself, why not? Ask the Holy Spirit. Here's the, here's the third one. Am I secure in my own skin? What areas am I insecure in? Number four, am I quick to give credit to other people when they've done a good job and they've helped me to be a success? Am I quick to give praise to God? And number five, am I a servant? Or do I just serve people that I think that can help me out? Okay, if I serve them, they'll probably serve me. Or do I serve with no strings attached? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. With your eyes closed, I'm going to read you one more scripture. James. James 1. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. Here it is. And humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. My third point that I wanted to make here is with your eyes closed here this morning. When you come on Sunday mornings, when you're uh, in a Bible study group, wherever it may be, where God's word is, is proclaimed. Do you just come on a Sunday morning just to say, well, yeah, I was there. Or do I come with a heart that's hungry for God's word? I'm humble to learn of it. I'm, I, I'm hungry to go ahead and apply it to my life. Or do I, oh, I've already know about that one. Well, yeah, I've already know about that one. Do I display that attitude? Can I just tell you, some of you would say, Pastor, you, you know, I know that one, but Paul the Apostle, Peter, kept up bringing up the basics all the time. He says, I remind you. I want to read you just one more scripture. Described a church in Acts chapter 17. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Why? They received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will give us the courage here this morning to repent and to make the adjustments of where we are walking in pride. For those who are sitting here, what did the Holy Spirit speak to you today? What did he really point out to you today? What did he speak to your heart? And you said, this is what I want to work on in your life. I want you to just right now with me, with, with, if, if there's anyone in here and you said, Pastor, I, I need grace to walk in this area. I want to just let you know with your eyes closed and your head bowed, I've got my hand lifted up. I need help. There's a couple areas I, I have not arrived in. I need God's grace and help. Just lift them up to the Lord and let's pray here this morning. You say, Pastor, 
and you're saying to God, I need to grow in this area of my life. No one's looking around at each other. Everyone's eyes are closed. Every head is bowed right now. We're just, be, we're right here. We, we sit right here before our creator. We sit before our father here. The one who is, who's wanting to, to produce the character of Christ in us. So father, we just lift our hands to you. lift our hands to you. Now, I want to assume that just, just by the way, with the eyes closed, I want to assume that those who don't have hands raised, you got your act together. You got all five of those down. In fact, your life is filled with fasting and prayer as well. Just, just, uh, just by the way, uh, to not, uh, to not be able to do this, and I just, I, I just say this as your pastor, to not be willing to go ahead and say, I, I don't want to do this right now as a form of pride. Humble yourself. You'll find grace in that place. So, Lord, we humble ourselves. And, Lord, we give you permission to work in the areas, God, that where we're insecure in. God, we give you permission, God, to work in the areas where we're selfish in. God, we give you permission, Lord God, when we want to go ahead and take credit when something good has happened, Lord, in our life. And, and Lord, we think we did it, Lord. And, 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 Lord, we weren't quick to give you the credit and the glory and the honor and thanks, God. We ask that you would do that, Lord. Father, that we would be quick, Lord, to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. And, God, I pray, Lord, most of all, that all of us here in this room will be willing to get on our knee and wash the feet and to be a servant of all. So we submit. We submit our hearts. Lord, we want to have humble, meek hearts before you. Is that your prayer here this morning? You say amen. So that's our prayer, Lord. Humility, Lord. What it really matters at the end of the day, Lord is that people see Jesus in us. And Lord, that our reputation, our, our name is a reflection of you, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, what you're going to do inside of us. In your wonderful name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. I want to invite you to come to prayer tomorrow night at 530. Have a great week, guys.